0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. I'm the titular Sean.
1: And I'm the very titular Carrie.
0: It's the show that takes you inside the unbelievable, unexplainable, macabre, and the bizarre and tries to find an answer. Hello, Caroline. Hi. And hello, listeners. Uh, We're so glad to have you back with us. Uh, We are fresh back from New York, where we appeared on the New York Mystery Machine podcast on Monday, and... um, Boy, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with our friends from New York Mystery Machine last week, and I hope you went over to their podcast to hear about Whitley Stryber, who, uh, God, what a freak.
1: (laughs) He's a very interesting man.
0: He's a very interesting man. Mm -hmm. And Whitley, if you're listening, um, I mean that in a, um, kind way. (laughs) Um, You know the bullies in high
1: school kindly calling you a freak. (laughs) Uh,
0: This week, and I hope this doesn't disappoint anyone, we are bringing it back into the realm of this world sure Uh, this isn't an outer space or an alien story um but we'll have more of those coming i'm sure soon enough so if you're a ufo fan um enjoy in this case this week our subject you know i would say his mind operated on a higher level uh maybe not all the way out into space carrie who are we talking about today i love building it up as if it's a big reveal it's like the listener has seen the title of the episode (laughs) exactly um all right but who are we talking about today
1: Today, we're talking about uh, writer Edgar Allan Poe and his strange and mysterious death.
0: Um, We are both big fans of Mr. Poe, as, I don't know, probably everyone should be. Certainly, (laughs) if you're a fan of horror or mystery stories, he's like literally the guy who invented them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe, maybe give him a read.
1: Yeah, definitely. And for me in particular, I have a very uh, strong fondness for Poe. I've been a Poe head for a really long time, probably thanks to my dad, who you might remember uh, was an English teacher. And he also taught some of his short stories. So I definitely read those pretty young.
0: Yeah, it was required reading in my house just from a this is cool, Stan. I was yeah. like, here, this is something good to learn to read on for a five-year-old. Yeah,
1: well, we also both read Stephen King's It in sixth grade, so. Yes, so
0: I read it in the fifth grade. This is a point of some contention.
1: You always say that, but I don't think you did. As a child, Sean, I had a little palm sty- uh, palm-sized illustrated classic book of The Tales of Mystery and Terror, which includes such uh, kid-friendly favorites as The Fall of the House of Usher mm-hmm. and The Pit and the Pendulum.
0: Of course, two two favorites.
1: Yes. And
0: The Gold Bug, presumably.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Later, I read some of Poe's work in seventh grade and went to see a production of The Telltale Heart done theatrically. And let me tell you, it was some of the only stuff I liked reading in seventh grade English. Uh, Sorry, Dad, who was a seventh grade English teacher, but some of that stuff is tough and not in like a difficult way.
0: No, tough in like a, I don't care about these English schoolboys. Like,
1: I can't relate to the call of the wild. I'm a seventh grade little girl.
0: Oh, you love puppies, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I spent most of the time worrying that the dog would die. It's too, I I had so much anxiety already. I was in middle school. I didn't need more.
0: Carrie, you felt that way during Up as well. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs)
1: in college my thesis film had a character who was himself a literature teacher and i included a scene where he taught my favorite poem annabelle lee in his class i later included the poem as a reading at uh, me and sean's wedding
0: that's true Uh, she did take out all the death stuff
1: yeah it's a bit of a romance killer you know
0: um, and to be fair, I <laughs> I took my reading uh, for our wedding out of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, which many people would find to be a romance killer. <laughs> people who don't understand romance, certainly, well,
1: certainly. Needless to say, along with William Shakespeare and Stephen King, Poe was one of the biggest influences in my life when it came to reading and continues to be one. In fact, when I had the opportunity to adopt my first dog at the age of 25, I knew that his name would be Poe before I even found him.
0: And his name is indeed...
1: <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. It turned out to be a very appropriate moniker because our Poe is definitely a little weirdo, and I think EAP would have really enjoyed him.
0: Um, I think they're similarly melancholy, <laughs> s- similarly like put-upon and fraught. <laughs>
1: yes, and smarter than uh, they have any right to be, probably. There's a lot I like about the man Poe, aside from what is only found in his works. I love that he was the original goth boy, uh, that he clearly had depressive tendencies and was very morbid, which I find very relatable, and that he could be a real sassy bitch, too, when critiquing other works. I don't love that he married his 13-year-old cousin.
0: Yep, that's a tough, <laughs> tough thing to avoid or talk about.
1: Best I can do with that is a times were different, and uh, attempt to ignore it.
0: Yeah, Woody Allen tried that one, too.
1: Well, times weren't that different. Poe invented the detective fiction genre and was a huge contributor to early science fiction, horror fiction, and romanticism. Of course, Poe also has something going for him in his life that sets him apart from other horror legends, a mysterious death that seems ripped straight from one of his short stories and remains an enigma to this day.
0: Yeah, there's. Um, this story has everything, right? Um, it's got multiple suspects. Stefan voice. It has. This has everything. Multiple suspects. Um, you've got like like curious deaths that that you find out about. You've got like enemies who Poe had. Um, it is a. It's a suspicious death,
1: mm-hmm. and um,
0: I don't. You know, people talk about. Paul McCartney being dead or or Elvis not (laughs) being dead. People being us. (laughs) As we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, But Edgar Allan Poe's kind of death conspiracies. um, Nobody really tells this story anymore.
1: No, unless you're kind of in literary circles or you're seeking it out in a biography of him or some. There are some books about just his death and trying to figure out the mystery.
0: Um, Yeah. So hopefully this will be good Like a story our listeners haven't heard before, and maybe it'll encourage them to go and read some stories about crazy people, which (laughs) all of Poe's stories are.
1: (laughs) In honor of Poe's 213th birthday, just this week on January 19th, we're taking a look at the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe, the mysteries, the theories, and the strange characters that make it such an enduring puzzle, even almost 175 years later.
0: And especially, you alluded to this, but especially cool because um, it's the guy who invented modern mystery stories, and his Absolutely. death is itself a mystery.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very suitable, uh, for sure. To provide context for the man that Poe was when he died in 1849. Uh, We need to go back and sketch out his life until his strange death and what made him such a wonderful and yet dark writer and possibly what set him up for his very dark end. Edgar Allan Poe was born Edgar Poe on January 19th, 1809 to actors David and Eliza Poe in Boston. He had a brother, William, and a sister, Rosalie, who may or may not have had a different father.
0: Oh, scandalous at the time. Mm
1: Mm-hmm things started off difficult and never really got easier for young Edgar. David Poe abandoned the family in 1810 and Eliza soon died of consumption, which is now known as tuberculosis.
0: Yeah. Uh, Listen to our New England vampires episode for more on
1: that. We mentioned consumption and tuberculosis a lot. It's a big 1800s thing. After this point, the three Poe children were split up. William was sent to family in Baltimore, Maryland. Rosalie went to family friends, the Mackenzies. And young Edgar was taken into the home of John Allen, a successful Richmond, Virginia merchant who dealt in a variety of goods, including cloth, wheat, tombstones, tobacco, and unfortunately, slaves.
0: One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. And actually it's tombstones. I find <laughs> it so, str- no, really. It's so strange because that is a like produced good. It's not a. All
1: of the rest seem very early 1800s. Um, a tombstone just is an outlier, I guess.
0: It's, manu- it's just because it's manufacturing. It's like what? Yes. So everything he was doing was growing stuff and importing stuff. And then also he's chiseling out a couple of these tombstones.
1: Everyone needs a hobby, Sean.
0: It's suspicious. There's a, <laughs> there's a crime here. <laughs>
1: The Allens bestowed Edgar's famous middle name upon him, though never formally adopted him.
0: Allen, um, yeah, it is. It's it's a strange Allen because it's going for the two L's, but also the two A's. It's like make up your mind, which kind of Allen do you want to be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. Yes, um, it is A L L A N. I've seen T-shirts from reputable mainstream stores spell it wrong with the e yes so um yeah alan double l double a alan would alternate between spoiling poe and aggressively disciplining him but poe basically had the life of a well-off son studying at times in scotland and london in the 18 teens acting as a lieutenant of the richmond youth honor guard for the visit of the marquis de lafayette in 1824 and registering at the University of Virginia to study ancient and modern languages in 1826.
0: Marquis de Lafayette's fascinating.
1: Yeah, not a scary story, but a fascinating story.
0: Yeah, we so we can't we can't cover it here, but he did help Maybe us. If we
1: ever do a French Revolution thing, well, that
0: was horrifying. Yeah, we yeah. could do the Terror, the French Terror. Um, The guy helped us win our revolution, went back to France, wrote their Declaration of Independence, and then was immediately like thrown in jail for the rest of the revolution and then came back here and like every Lafayette street or boulevard or avenue in the country is pretty much named after
1: him. His visit. Yeah, him for showing up and
0: having a parade (laughs) down that street.
1: Yeah. Loved a parade. (laughs) Sure did. Poe also may have been engaged at this time to Sarah Elmira Royster, who may have helped inspire The Raven and Annabelle Lee. The University of Virginia had been established on the ideals of founder Thomas Jefferson with strict rules against gambling, horses, guns, tobacco, and alcohol. I didn't
0: know Jefferson was anti-horse.
1: Yeah, not... Wasn't he a farmer? Not slaves, presumably, though, huh, Tom?
0: Yeah, you can own people, just not horses. The the horse is a noble creature.
1: Well, I think it is probably betting on horses. I don't know why it's it's separate than gambling, but I don't know. Uh, The system of study utilized by the university was kind of chaotic, so most of the strict rules were ignored. They were still figuring out their footing. While studying at UV, Poe's possible engagement with Royster was broken off, and he incurred a high rate of gambling debts.
0: Wait, but their gambling was against the rules.
1: Again, they weren't really that enforced because everything was just a mess at UV. He claimed that John Allen had not given him enough money to register for classes, purchase books, and live in a dormitory. So he started gambling.
0: I don't believe that.
1: I believe it what uh, I b- again John Allen kind of went back and forth between spoiling him and being like a cheap old bastard so
0: yeah but I I don't square the same guy sending his adopted son to schools in Europe and then bringing him home to go to college, but I'm not paying for your books.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, maybe it was a thing of like, listen, I've squirred you this far. You need to figure it out.
0: But I was not addicted to gambling in college, and I still took the money that my parents gave me for books and just spent it on not books. So I'm saying it's. I didn't know that
1: was an option
0: it's, then. <laughs> well, you don't need textbooks because. Like, everyone has textbooks, and they're available Didn't online. Didn't
1: figure that out uh, till after freshman year. Everyone gets all their books freshman year, or at least the first semester. But then you realize, oh, one of us can buy this book, and the rest of us can use it, and all that stuff.
0: I caught on early, and I cannot tell you how much Keystone
1: Light you can buy with $500. <laughs> Too much, probably. Or,
0: definitely. Definitely.
1: <laughs> Poe dropped out of U.V. about a year later, but he didn't have much to return to in Richmond. He had a strange relationship with Allan due to his debts, and Royster had married another man. Oh, also scandalous. <laughs> not really, but not great for Edgar. He spent a little time in Boston taking odd jobs, then enlisted in the U.S. Army in 1827. During this time, he printed his first book, a 40-page collection of poetry called Tamerlane and Other Poems, which only received 50 printings and was virtually critically ignored.
0: Right. Well, it was a book of poetry, so <laughs> most are.
1: That was, no, that was much bigger in 1820-whatever. He served for two years and attained the rank of sergeant major for artillery and then wanted to get out ahead of his five-year enlistment mark. So basically, you would say... I am committed to this for the next five years. He got sure. two years in, and he was like, I'm done. Can't do it. His commanding officer would only allow Poe to be discharged if he reconciled with John Allen, who spent several months ignoring Edgar's letters until Allen's wife Frances died in 1829.
0: Wait, what fucking business is it of his commanding officer? What his relationship <laughs> with his dad is like? a
1: story. I think Poe enlisted under a different name, and then eventually revealed it to his commanding officer that he was this rich guy's ward. Okay. <laughs> and then the off- maybe the officer, I don't know, it's very convoluted. The idea of him going That's like, why I didn't include it. <laughs> the idea
0: of him going like, I wanna quit the army, and I, I know I said I'd be in for five years and I owe you that, but I wanna leave, and the guy going, okay, but you have to make up with your dad first, your adopted dad?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the army. Um, I'm I'm not sure of the exact location. Maybe it was Virginia. Maybe John Helen was a known commodity. And um, I don't know. They were trying to get in good with him. I don't know.
0: I don't think John cared whether Edgar called him back or not.
1: No, but the commanding officer seemed to. I don't know how big to. a
0: favor you're doing, John.
1: Perhaps feeling wistful after his wife's death, Alan told Edgar during his visit for her funeral that he would support his discharge if he would get appointed to the United States Military Academy in West Point. I don't know how different this is from being in the Army.
0: Well, you don't but... have to... I don't know. Yeah, I don't, once you get out of West Point, don't you owe the Army like four years anyway?
1: Well, I think this was... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think you're... It might have been different then, though.
0: Okay, maybe, but he sounds like he's amassing more years of debt (laughs) to the army.
1: For about a year between his discharge and entering West Point, he lived in Baltimore with his widowed aunt, Maria Clem.
0: Also, this guy couldn't hack just hanging around a military base and his dad's like, all right, you're going to go be an officer instead?
1: Oh, no, they did stuff. He was a a thing for artillery.
0: No, I know. (laughs) In what war?
1: I, I'm just doing a, a quick background. No, I know. So I'm saying... He, I'm not sure. He,
0: no, I think he was just drilling and marching around a base in the States, right? And I he, don't
1: know. It sounds like it sucks to me. Uh, and that's nothing against our, our army listeners or whatever. Uh, I, I It doesn't seem like my kind of thing. I wouldn't be good at it. I know, but he And didn't if get... I relate to Poe, I feel like you wouldn't be good at
0: it. But he, of course, I, I guarantee he's a bad soldier, but he, <laughs> he didn't get drafted. No. So what is he doing there?
1: This was his choice. He committed for, no, well, initially, yes, but he committed for five years to, to do it. So
0: Suck it up, Edgar.
1: He's living in Baltimore with his Aunt Maria Clem, his cousin Virginia Eliza Clem, his brother William Henry, and his grandmother Elizabeth Cairns Poe. He received his first positive review by literary critic John Neal, which helped bolster his confidence and convince him to keep writing. He traveled to West Point for his service in July 1830, but drama soon followed.
0: You don't say.
1: John Allen married his second wife, Louisa Patterson, and the marriage and bitter quarrels with Poe over the children born to Allen out of extramarital affairs led to John Allen finally disowning his foster son. Seems like bastard children was something that rich people could get away with in this time.
0: Okay, but Poe like didn't like his dad having bastard
1: kids? I th- well, first of all, this is his stepdad or ward
0: Yeah, his adoptive father. father. His ward father. <laughs> well
1: his he never fully no, I know. He adopted, adopted Poe. So maybe it was a point of contention of like you're gonna support these bastard children, but you never um adopted me. And He's won't like, yeah, me. I made them. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I did you a favor.
1: Yeah, but Poe's been there the whole time. Give him a little something something. So this fighting led to john allen disowning poe for once and for all at that point poe was like screw this why am i still at west point i don't even want to be here and he attempted to get purposefully court-martialed
0: oh like Jimi hendrix <laughs> yeah
1: he was tried in february 1831 for gross neglect of duty and disobedience of orders for refusing to attend formations, classes, or church, which I get all of that.
0: <laughs> sure, <laughs> Sounds sure. like
1: it sucks. Again, nothing against our army listeners. It, to me, I would be miserable.
0: I want to hear, were there any penalties for this besides just getting kicked out of the army? Because this seems like the the way to get what he wants, for sure.
1: He tactically pled not guilty to induce dismissal. Um, he knew that he would be found guilty, and then he was just free to go, so... right. It's just, I mean, yeah, he didn't, I guess people might know about it and, and that might be disgraceful, but if you're not making this your career, then it's no biggie.
0: Right. What circles is Poe in that are going to be like, he didn't <laughs> finish his what?
1: <laughs> Poe headed to New York, released a third volume of poems, and then returned to his family in Baltimore in March. Poe's brother William died in part due to his alcoholism in August 1831. After yet another traumatic death in his life, Poe began in earnest to seriously attempt to jumpstart a writing career, basically going, YOLO, let's do this thing. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, it was a really difficult time to do so. Uh, And though Poe was one of the first Americans known to live by writing alone, I mean, you know, to history, he was hampered by a lack of international copyright law at the time. Okay, which led to American publishers just producing unauthorized copies of popular British works rather than paying for new original works by Americans. Huh. Mm-hmm. Fueled by this, uh, he turned his eye to writing prose instead. He published stories in several periodicals and literary journals. And he scored an assistant editor job at the Southern Literary Messenger, but was fired just a few weeks later for being drunk on the job.
0: That implies to me that um, that poetry is all enough the same quality, <laughs> that it doesn't yeah. matter if there's new poetry or you're just printing out new uh, the old stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or that people don't know enough about poetry for it to matter whether it's- be
1: as popular. Whether it's, Well,
0: either the thing I just said is true, where, where poetry isn't actually that good or that different from each other, or I assume that's not true.
1: How many ors are you going to say?
0: But people know so little about poetry, myself included, that it might as well all just be bad.
1: hmm Maybe. <laughs> Edgar, it seems, and maybe the entire Poe family, was full of demons that, while contributing to his brilliance, also likely contributed to his early death, one way or another. In September 1835, Poe returned to Baltimore, where he obtained a license to marry his first cousin, Virginia Clem. Why? And How?
0: You can do you can do that?
1: Uh, at the time the cousin thing was fine. Um he was 26 and she was 13. Now why was
0: this part okay?
1: <laughs> well. <sighs> I, the marriage bond did uh list Virginia's age as 21. So I feel like young was okay, but not this young. But it, it got kind of fudged anyway.
0: Yeah, but they didn't even fudge to like 16.
1: No. No, which is like really bad. They're like,
0: here's my bride. She's in her 20s and she is a child.
1: Though their marriage was loving, some biographers suggest that they viewed each other more like a brother and a sister. I'm not sure if this is wishful thinking more than anything, but it's a possibility. Poe doesn't strike me as that sexy a guy. Well, some scholars have read many of Poe's works as autobiographical and thus concluded that Virginia died a virgin which is apt for her name.
0: Um, <laughs> it would be... That would be okay.
1: It has been speculated that she and her husband never consummated their marriage, though no evidence is really given for this aside from, like, textual references, uh, including the interpretation that Virginia was represented by the title character in the poem Annabelle Lee, which describes that character as a maiden, which means burden, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so a patriarchal. But
0: maiden also can just be used poetically if Maybe, I may. Maybe,
1: but it usually means unmarried, young,
0: right, pure. Right, but in the context of a, like a fantasy story it can just kind of evoke yes. a lady.
1: But is that more our context now, like a fair maiden, or is, would they always be assuming back in the day that maiden means a young virginal girl?
0: I mean, probably that, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that has faded at all by post time. But yeah, they probably, if she wasn't a maiden, she was worthless. And why would you save her?
1: <laughs> Not our opinion. <laughs> a uh, Poe biographer Joseph Wood Crutch suggests that Poe did not need women in the way that normal men need them but only as a source of inspiration and care and that Poe was never interested in women sexually
0: uh, not your heteronormative words
1: <laughs> um it's a normal men that's oh saying. yes i tried to <laughs> emphasize that yeah uh I also didn't hear any mutterings that he might have been gay.
0: Right. Just that he wasn't sexual.
1: Right. Like back in the day, people would say, oh, he's a man about town. Not really interested in the ladies. Light in the loafers. And they were roommates. Um, He's a confirmed bachelor. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So who knows? Maybe he was just kind of asexual. That's totally fine, too. On the flip side of this, contemporary friends of Poe suggested that the couple did not share a bed for at least the first two years of their marriage, but that from the time she turned 16, they had a, quote, normal married life for a few years, presumably where they banked.
0: Right. Um, to be fair to that, um, you know, the Bradys didn't share a bed and they had a whole pack of kids. Or wait, no, did they share a bed? <laughs> I think the big deal was they were the None first- None of
1: those kids were each other, no, with I know. each other. <laughs> I know. They didn't have
0: any kids together. But also, I think I'm wrong. I think that was the first show that might have... to show the couple having was it... the same bed.
1: Was it um, Dick Van Dyke?
0: I thought they were separate.
1: Hmm. We'll have to investigate. We will. <laughs> Their public marriage ceremony was on May 16th, 1836, And yes, her age was fudged as 21 by a witness who lied.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's all it
1: takes. (laughs) No matter if it was more. Or checking
0: her driver's license.
1: No matter if it was more sibling type of love or if they were lovers, um, Poe's one time employer, George Rex Graham. How old was he? 26. Yeah, this is
0: deeply sad for him, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, there's, you know, I kind of subscribe to the possibility that at least initially, um, he was just so traumatized by everyone in his family dying that maybe he thought by marrying uh, this uh, cousin, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, um, but by marrying her, he could always provide for her and take care of her and make sure uh, keep her safe and stuff and such. Um, Versus not, because basically they only had um, her widowed mother, his aunt, to like look after her. So maybe he thought it was a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Who knows? So George Rex Graham, Poe's one time employer, wrote of their relationship, quote, his love for his wife was a sort of rapturous worship of the spirit of beauty. And Poe himself once said to a friend I see no one among the living as beautiful as my little wife. My little wife. That's what I say. (laughs) So whether he saw her as a sister or a lover, I hope you don't see me as a sister, Sean. uh, He was clearly devoted to her. Poe was reinstated at the Southern Literary Messenger. Uh, Remember, he was fired with the promise of good behavior after this, and he published several poems, book reviews, and stories in the paper. His only complete novel, The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket, was published and widely reviewed in 1838, pushing Poe to becoming assistant editor for Burton's Gentleman's Magazine in 1839.
0: You're, you're a successful novelist now. You can be an assistant <laughs> editor at yeah. this Gentleman's Magazine.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like entry level, requires five years experience. Uh-huh. Uh, Poe in- intended to start his own journal, but that dream never really came to fruition. He moved to Graham's magazine after this, and then another tragedy struck Poe's life.
0: He had to move to highlights for children.
1: (laughs) Highlights for emos. (laughs) One evening in January 1842, Virginia began to show the first signs of tuberculosis. The consumption? The consumption, the same deadly disease that had already killed his own mother. While singing and playing the piano, a popular pastime, it appeared that Virginia broke a blood vessel in her throat... Maybe by coughing coughing blood
0: all over the keyboard?
1: Yeah, it's it's an image for sure.
0: It's good imagery for the movie. Mm -hmm. Let's
1: let's get right in this Poe script. I literally was like, that's that's good for a movie. Uh, And after this, she only partially recovered with her health beginning to decline from that point. Poe fell into a deep depression watching his wife's illness and her momentary signs of improvement were only delays of the inevitable. Poe described his feelings thusly. Each time I felt all the agonies of her death, and at each accession of the disorder, I loved her more dearly and clung to her life with more desperate pertinacity. But I am constitutionally sensitive, nervous in a very unusual degree. I became insane with long intervals of horrible sanity. <laughs> so you might recognize that as one of Poe's most enduring quotes. Um, really sums them up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In hopes of finding a healthier environment for her, the pose moved several times, stopping in Spring Garden, Philadelphia, and New York. Is Spring Garden a franchise of health clinics? (laughs) No, it's just a section, I think. A borough, maybe.
0: I thought they went to the Philly and New York locations of Spring Garden. In January
1: 1845, he published his poem, The Raven, She said it. (laughs) Title draw. In the evening mirror, and it quickly became a sensation. Mm. Everyone was like, this freaking raven.
0: Yeah. And and Ben Poe's like. That is
1: so raven. And
0: Poe's like, you guys said you didn't like poetry, huh? We just repackage old English stuff now.
1: Throw in a little Nevermore. See if that drops your panties. And it did. (laughs) Though it made Poe a household name, he only received $9 for his publication.
0: Yeah, but that was like $900 yeah, at the time? but
1: still, I mean, it's the Raven. He became editor and then owner of the Broadway Journal, which failed in 1846, just another one of his disappointments. But then in January 1847, Virginia died at the young age of 24 at what's now known as Edgar Allan Poe Cottage in Fordham, New York.
0: Um, so she was 24, so he was, let's see, 78 or... <laughs>
1: Well, he was double her age at the time of their marriage. Which so, was, she was 13, 13 years so older he's
0: 37.
1: Than yeah. Yeah. Poe also seems to have contracted the illness somewhere around this time but obviously recovered. Fit yep. uh, fittingly for our morbid king, Poe realized a few after a uh, few hours after her death that he had no image of Virginia because photography wasn't yet common. So he commissioned a watercolor portrait to be painted of her fresh corpse. Wow! Well, it's like that's the the only contemporary image we have of Virginia Poe.
0: It's like the Victorian era photos of the dead kids.
1: That's gonna be a whole episode someday. That's some crazy stuff. Yeah. After Virginia's death, Poe became increasingly unstable—a feat considering he was barely unstable even at his best times. (laughs) He became engaged to poet Sarah Helen Whitman. Sarah Helen Whitman, which didn't last, and he also returned to Richmond to resume a relationship with childhood sweetheart Sarah Elmira Royster, who was by this time a widow. He was not long for the world at this point, and he would meet his strange end within two years. What? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. Early death. Uh. Wow. Okay. So, how did he die?
1: Well, we'll investigate that end and what may have really caused the death of the unlucky Edgar Allan Poe after the break.
0: From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule
1: History so interesting, it's criminal.
0: Welcome back. When last we left you, we had just led up, just right up to the point of the tragic death of Edgar Allan Poe, having covered his, well, tragic life throughout the uh, first half of this podcast. Uh, So, Caroline, the stage is set. Why don't you drop the hammer on our sad Mr. Edgar?
1: Mm, Yeah, we've now taken our trip through his life. He's abandoned by his father, disowned by his foster father, forced to watch his mother, brother, and cousin wife... All died tragically, and he never reached the level of success he so desired and which his talent truly deserved. And as the saying goes, it gets worse.
0: Couldn't. Couldn't possibly.
1: (laughs) Let's go chronologically through the events and attempt to find some answers. On September 27, 1849, Poe left Richmond, Virginia for the last time to head home to New York City, with only a trunk of belongings and writings in tow. For the next several days, it's unclear what Poe got up to, and we'll circle back to that with some possibilities.
0: Unclear timeline. Yeah. An old favorite on this podcast.
1: And like a week, basically. On October 3rd, he was found delirious at Ryan's Tavern, also referred to as Gunners Hall, in Baltimore, Maryland. A printer named Joseph W. Walker sent a letter requesting help to Joseph E. Snodgrass, a physician, editor, and acquaintance of Poe. Walker's letter reads as follows Dear Sir, there is a gentleman rather the worse for wear at Ryan's Fourth Ward polls who goes under the cognomen Ooh,
0: of Ed- Great Word
1: <laughs> of Edgar A. Poe and who appears in great distress. He says he is acquainted with you, and I assure you his he is in need of immediate assistance. Yours in haste, Joseph W. Walker. Good guy, Walker. Yeah. Snodgrass came to Poe's aid and he was taken to the Washington College Hospital. Wait,
0: how are you going to write a letter to someone saying, hey, come get your friend and take him to the hospital? Why don't you just take the guy to the
1: hospital? Oh, I think they did. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> Snodgrass later attested that Poe's appearance was repulsive. His hair was unkempt. And he was sick, too. <laughs> Stop. His hair was unkempt. His face was haggard and unwashed and his eyes were vacant. Curiously, Poe had ill-fitting and worn clothing on, including a dirty shirt, unpolished shoes, and no vest. Uh, it seems like it was that was noted because it was unusual.
0: No vest. Yeah. Like going out without
1: a hat. Yeah. John Joseph Moran, Poe's attending physician, also mentioned that he was wearing a stained, faded old bombazine coat.
0: Don't. Do we know what bombazine is? <laughs> no. Come on. It. Uh,
1: and an old straw hat which doesn't seem like Poe's flavor.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's a he's a farm boy. Um, Bombazine is a fabric originally made of silk or wool, now also made of cotton and wool. So it's it's a wool-silk blend.
1: Interesting. Sounds weird.
0: Sounds foppish. <laughs> he's like a fancy boy wool- walking
1: around. Wool and silk, so super soft and super scratchy. What does that make?
0: Yeah, or, or like... God, that must trap heat like a mother. It must be terrible to wear.
1: (laughs) Because of these strange items of clothing, it's believed that these clothes were likely not Poe's own. And that's because even despite his money problems, it was uncharacteristic of him to be wearing shabby clothes. Moran cared for Poe at the hospital in a section of the building reserved for drunks.
0: Was he drunk?
1: (sighs) Oh, I'm going to talk about that a lot when we get into theories. Okay. Okay. Snodgrass, uh, to this end, even later claimed that Walker's initial note stated Poe was in a state of beastly intoxication. Beastly! <laughs> Though it seems apparent, if uh, that's an exact quote that we have from that note, um, it didn't include those words.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> if it's the note that we saw, right, then we know that it doesn't say that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It says he's worse, the worst for wear or something.
1: Yeah. Perhaps he felt he was intoxicated because Poe was incoherent and unable to explain what circumstances led him to this point. He was also said to repeatedly call out the name Reynolds, like Ryan Reynolds. Oh,
0: so big Deadpool fan.
1: (laughs) It's uncertain who Reynolds was to him. Uh, There are no major figures in Poe's life with this name. It could have been a reference to newspaper editor Jeremiah N. Reynolds, who inspired his novel, The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket.
0: So this is like a... a, uh, Rosebud. Rosebud, yes. Yes.
1: It could have maybe even been Henry R. Reynolds, who was one of the judges overseeing the Fourth Ward polls, which were happening, happening at Ryan's Tavern, where Poe was found.
0: Was it Hitchcock who said some actor's name as his last words?
1: You're thinking of Disney saying Kurt Russell. Yes,
0: Disney's <laughs> last words being Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell.
1: I think they were written down, but it's still funny. It's still funny. Kurt Russell what? Kurt Russell what? Honestly, I think my last words are going to be Kurt Russell, so I get it. <laughs> it's also speculated that he may have been calling out the name Herring, which was the surname of his uncle-in-law in Baltimore. I have Reynolds to I rang. Yeah, I have to completely point it, different. Doesn't sound
0: anything alike. <laughs>
1: Later, Dr. Moran wouldn't really talk much about the Reynolds references, but he did mention a visit by a Mrs. Herring. Didn't find more about that.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting because Herring uh, was... Well,
1: hold on to your your hat there, your straw hat, because uh, (laughs) Moran... Which I always wear when I leave the house, thank you. Moran isn't necessarily a trustworthy witness.
0: Okay, I can't
1: wait. True to Poe's morbidity during one of the few times he was awake... Uh, When Moran told his patient that he would soon be enjoying the company of friends, you know, you're going to get better. You'll see your friends soon. Uh, Poe allegedly replied that, quote, the best thing my friend could do would be to blow out my brains with a pistol. Oh, it's tough. Did he? (laughs) Uh, No gunshot wounds to the head. Okay. He also made delusional references to a wife in Richmond, which may have been confused ramblings about Virginia thinking she was still alive, or could have possibly been referring to Sarah Elmira Royster, his recent fiance. Oh. Not his wife, but Yes. Wait, recent fiance? They had recently become engaged. Re engaged, I guess.
0: This is the one who had married some other guy before? Yes. Oh yeah, so now his wife is dead, her husband is also dead.
1: Period. Are there suspicious circumstances not, around that? Not around her. Oh my god, I'm I can't I'm wait. Okay. There. All, right, all right,
0: all right, give me give me give me give
1: me give me. <laughs> um Poe didn't know where he had left his trunk, though it appears it was recovered at the Swan Tavern in Richmond. Moran uh, initially reported that Poe's final words were Lord, help my poor soul. Before tragically dying days after being discovered on October 7th, 1849, he was only 40 years old. Yeah. So what happened?
0: Um, That is crazy. It. Uh, how long ago? Well, let's see. Th- this is three years after his wife died.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe even a little less.
0: So I don't think tuberculosis works like just living dormant in you for that long and then suddenly no, killing you. No,
1: that doesn't seem to be one of the theories. Every other illness in the book is, but not <laughs> tuberculosis.
0: Uh, syphilis doesn't feel right to me because he- That is one of the theories. Of course it is. Everyone he's, he's died crazy, of syphilis. he was crazy, you know, at the time. But he was crazy his whole life.
1: Yes, but not delusional rambling crazy. Right. Unfortunately, all medical records and documents relating to the case, including Poe's own original death certificate, have been lost. What?
0: How do you lose the death certificate of Edgar Allan Poe?
1: Because he wasn't Edgar Allan Poe at the time. He was successful. And, like, fires have cleared out full vaults of files.
0: He was, like, selling stories at the time of his death, right? He wasn't
1: Lovecraft. He, he He wasn't popular. It's sad, but he, was, he wasn't. he was He never achieved the fame that he wanted to just because he wanted his work to be loved and read. Um,
0: so many great artists, but it's not like he, he... He was
1: literally like a Van Gogh.
0: Yeah, well, I was about to compare him to that. It's not like he... Well, I guess this could be one of the theories, too. I was going to say it's not like he killed himself because everyone his Hold on, on to your work. straw
1: hat, Sean.
0: <laughs> okay, and Van Gogh should have held on to his straw
1: hat. And he did have one, didn't he?
0: Maybe they, this maybe is they the were killed
1: by the same person. This is the connection. I must say this. Everyone watched the Doctor Who episode, Vincent and the Doctor. It'll make you cry. I I was, uh, another aside, I was thinking of that one writing, because I thought, oh, he's very much like Vincent van Gogh. And I, and I was writing the conclusion to this episode, and I was thinking, gosh, I wish, I wish he, I'm going to get emotional. I wish he could have known. I wish he could have known how beloved he was. Edgar. He ended up being Edgar, yeah.
0: Just like the end of that. Oh, I won't spoil it. Go watch <laughs> Vincent and the Doctor.
1: Has the doctor ever met Edgar Allan Poe? God, I hope so. He's met Shakespeare. Yep. Dickens. Dickens. He's got to meet Poe sometime soon. Soon? I don't know. We'll see. BBC, call me. Lovecraft, the
0: language might get a little fruity.
1: Poe was actually in in England for times. I know that the doctor can go anywhere he wants, but you know, maybe it's like he runs into young Poe studying at a boarding school.
0: All right. Keep your eyes peeled for the Shut BBC. Oh, Carrie's pitching
1: it. Or I'm doing some fanfic, baby. Complicating matters, there is some debate over the credibility of Dr. John Joseph Moran. Moran was likely the only person aside from Snodgrass to see Poe in his final days, unless a Mrs. Herring really did visit, which again is unclear. But throughout the years, his story changed as he wrote and lectured about Poe's death probably the result of some embellishment to keep public interest in his perspective alive so maybe he did add in the miss herring part at some point and maybe it fell out in some tellings you know i can't tell you whether or not that's true
0: when you like embellish the story of a death in order to make your own part in it feel seem grander or uh, whatever any embellishing you do around a death Makes you look suspicious later.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not that people suspect he did anything. He's
0: just regarded as unreliable?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what to believe. Moran claimed a couple of times that he had immediately contacted Poe's aunt and (laughs) mother-in-law. What? (laughs) Sorry. No, Poe's aunt and mother-in-law, same person, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maria Clem, to let her know about Poe's death. Well, this was not the case. In fact, he wrote to her only after she had requested his response on November 9th, almost a full month after Poe departed this world.
0: Oh, so this is Moran making himself look a little better and more responsible.
1: He also claimed alternately from his original, like, Lord, save me or whatever.
0: Put a bullet in my head, (laughs) friend.
1: uh, He said that Poe had said poetically as he prepared to draw his last breath, The arched heavens encompass me, and God has his decree legibly written upon the frontlets of every created human being. And demons incarnate, their goal will be the seething waves of blank despair.
0: I mean, he would have written it better.
1: Yes. (laughs) The editor of the New York Herald, which published this version of Moran's story, admitted, quote, he cannot imagine Poe, even if delirious, constructing such sentences. Ah, <laughs>
0: sick shade! Oh, I love it. Get some cream for that burn.
1: <laughs> Author William Bittner, in Poe: A Biography, attributes Moran's claim to a, converse, to a convention of assigning pious last words to console mourners. Like, oh no, he wasn't saying like "shoot me in the head." He was saying like "just it in the <laughs> head, please God." Just do it. God is is welcoming in in his arms, you know.
0: Yeah, but still, why the seething waves of blank despair? While
1: well, he's still Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> Moran's accounts even changed updates, dates, uh, alternately claiming Poe was brought to the hospital on October third, October sixth, or October seventh, the day he died. Sure. Perhaps Mor- it was sometime that week. <laughs> Perhaps Moran had lapses of memory or again wanted to embellish. It's unsure what the real truth is through Moran's eyes. Because of this and the confusion over the state Poe was in when he was found and where he had been, it's unclear what Poe's cause of death actually was, which just adds to the mystery and of course, makes up the main mystery of our episode.
0: Let's get into it.
1: So first, we have basically the possibility that Poe died of some kind of alcohol poisoning.
0: He was beastly
1: drunk. Well, or was he? Joseph Snodgrass, Poe's acquaintance, was convinced that Poe had died from alcoholism. Again, he had embellished that note to include a little piece about him being intoxicated. Right. The thing is, Snodgrass was also a big supporter of the temperance movement. Oh, so this is political. <laughs> yes. and
0: Even my friend Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> was killed by the horrors of mm.
1: drink. Uh, for those who don't know, yes, the temperance movement um, encouraged complete abstention from alcohol. And Snodgrass would thereafter use Poe as a warning example in his temperance work, which probably involved him going. Right. My friend.
0: Oh, my, fr- uh, my friend uh, was killed. Edgar was killed by the horrors of drink, <laughs> the temptations and sin of the of the, of the liquor bottle. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Moran, who, of course, wasn't much more trustworthy himself, so take S- this. Stay with away it. from
0: the gin sops and the wineskins, <laughs> my pious, pious followers.
1: Take what he. And you shall be. No, OK, go ahead. Take what he said with a grain of salt. But um, Moran contradicted Snodgrass by saying in his 1885 account that Poe did not die under the effect of any intoxicant. Moran claimed that Poe had not the slightest odor of liquor upon his breath or person.
0: Ah, but he was drinking wine.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, whether or not uh, Poe was under the influence at the time, some contemporary newspapers reported Poe's death as congestion of the brain or cerebral inflammation, which were back in the day euphemisms euphemisms for deaths from so-called disgraceful causes such as alcoholism.
0: So, if you had their di- words, not mine. So, if you had died from like an STD, would they say? Would they call probably. it probably genital inflammation?
1: <laughs> they might. They might just kind of gloss over it in that sort of way, like um, heart disease. I don't know. In the book, Edgar A. Poe, A Psychopathic Study, (laughs) psychologist John W. Robertson suggested that Poe may have had dipsomania, which is a medical condition involving uncontrollable craving for alcohol, alcohol or drugs. However, we have to keep in mind that Robertson's book came out in the early 1920s when temperance was still a hot topic thanks to the ongoing prohibition, which had just started, and might have influenced this conclusion.
0: There's nothing better than people who spend all their time telling other people what they should be doing.
1: <laughs> Seriously. So, was Poe an alcoholic? Accounts conflict on this possibility. His one-time drinking companion, Thomas Maine Reed, admitted that the two enjoyed wild frolics with regards to partying.
0: Are you sure that wasn't him coming out of the closet? No. What does that
1: mean? No, it's just fancy talk. Uh, just just pa- partying, basically. Just
0: locker room talk.
1: <laughs> Yuck. But Poe never went beyond the innocent mirth in which we all indulge. While acknowledging this as one of Poe's failings, I can speak truly of its not being habitual.
0: So he he lost he control every once in yeah, a while. He
1: sometimes drank too much, but it wasn't a habit.
0: I don't know anyone like that.
1: Some believe Poe had the severe had a severe subset- <laughs> Some believe Poe had a severe susceptibility to alcohol and became drunk after one glass of wine, which may have also been a thing that ran in his family. Remember, his older brother had died of alcoholism. Right. Also, in an article for Smithsonian Magazine, Poe Museum curator Chris Sempter stated, quote, It has been documented that after a glass of wine, he was staggering drunk. His sister had the same problem. It seems to be something hereditary. Hey, he's a too big queer,
0: uh, they would have said
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> in, like, 1990. Yes, and we'll leave it there. Uh- <laughs> It seems in general that Poe only drank during difficult periods of his life, and sometimes went several months at a time without alcohol. He was even a member of the Sons of Temperance Society at the time of his death, which sounds like exactly what you think it is. However, if you're talking about a hard time in his life, uh, this might have been it. Could the death of Virginia have prompted him to hit hit the bottle once more? Or... Did he have a little optimism back in his life now that his old flame uh, Royster had returned to the fold?
0: That's true. If he's like, finally, this is a period where he's finally, he's Uh, been mourning um, for-
1: Yeah, possibly on the uptick.
0: He's been mourning for three years. This is a point where he's getting ready to get married again. Why kill yourself with drink now and not three years ago? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Also mentioned in the Smithsonian Magazine article was the writing of biographer Susan Archer Talley Weiss. One too many names. (laughs) Yes. Who wrote in her biography The Last Days of Edgar A. Poe that Poe had fallen ill near the end of his time in Richmond and after making a somewhat miraculous recovery was told by his attending physician that another such attack would prove fatal. Attack of what? Well, according to Weiss, Poe replied that If people would not tempt him, he would not fall, which suggested that the first illness um, was brought about by a bout of drinking
0: or sexual (laughs) misconduct. Maybe. But again, Poe doesn't seem like the type. He's not a
1: sexy dude. Poe's friend J.P. Kennedy wrote three days after Poe's death that on Tuesday last, Edgar A. Poe died in town here at the hospital from the effects of a debauch. He fell in with some companion here who seduced him to the bottle, which it was said he had renounced some time ago. The consequence was fever, delirium, and madness, and in a few days a termination of his sad career in the hospital. Poor Poe. A bright but unsteady light has been awfully quenched.
0: So like people who knew him knew he was smart and talented.
1: Yes, uh, and this guy thought he had drunk himself to death, but this is just one guy. He could have heard it from Snodgrass or the newspapers. But this was a friend. Yes, but he could have so, just heard it from Snodgrass.
0: Well, right, but if this friend, if this guy is a friend of Poe's, and he hears that Poe, he's a friend was an of alcohol- Poe's, but he
1: wasn't at his funeral, so I don't know how close he was. Yeah, that's fair.
0: But if he heard he was an alcoholic, you know, he he seems to believe it. So. Maybe
1: one thing that does go against the possibility that Poe died after a bout of drinking is that samples of Poe's hair from after his death show low levels of lead. Which uh, is apparently an indication that Poe remained faithful to his vow of sobriety up to his demise. I maybe liquor contained a lot of lead back in the day. I don't know.
0: I hope not. Lead's really bad for you.
1: <laughs> Let's address other theories. Was Poe ill?
0: Um. Yeah, I've read his work. Yes.
1: Ill. <laughs> Theorists have put forward more than a dozen possible causes of death by illness for Poe over the years, including a rare brain disease, diabetes, enzyme deficiencies, syphilis, as you mentioned, epilepsy, delirium tremens, which goes back to alcoholism, heart disease, and cholera. Mm. Lead poisoning was also theorized until the hair samples we previously mentioned were tested in 2006. Public health researcher Albert Donay argued in nineteen ninety nine that Poe's death was a result of carbon monoxide poisoning from coal gas that was used for indoor lighting during the nineteenth century.
0: Now that's interesting. I mean how many people were just collapsing from that?
1: I don't know. Tests on Poe's hair were inconclusive to this point, but the tests did reveal an elevated level of mercury in Poe's system before his death.
0: How how elevated? How much are we getting mercury into our
1: bloodstreams? Uh, definitely more than than he should have had. Curator Chris Sempner feels that this is likely due to Poe being exposed to a cholera epidemic in Richmond earlier in, in 1849, for which doctors would prescribe calomel, a.k.a. mercury chloride. Did that do anything to help? <laughs> no. Uh, mercury was used much more often back in the day in things like medicine and even makeup, which you may remember from our Renaissance Poisons episode.
0: Of course. And I know there were kings who would like eat a little mercury every day so they (laughs) couldn't be poisoned or something. Um, I
1: don't know if they would have done that with mercury. Oh, arsenic. Was it It arsenic they were were eating a little of? They didn't know mercury was as poisonous as it is. People don't eat mercury.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Quicksilver.
1: Mercury poisoning could help explain some of Poe's hallucinations and delirium before his death, but the levels of mercury found in Poe's hair were still 30 times below the level consistent with a typical mercury poisoning.
0: Oh, so even if it was enough to cause a a little hallucination, probably not enough to kill him?
1: Yeah, they've theorized other people have died from mercury poisoning or even mercury murders, including... I might be wrong about this, but maybe Tycho Brahe, the uh, astronomer, the astronomer. Um, but he had also been ill and would have been prescribed mercury. So a lot of poisoning, suspected deaths back in the day were probably just people having medicine that they shouldn't have been having.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's a good thing. No one prescribes medicines that are bad for people now. Oh, <laughs> anyway,
1: so maybe if not that, um... It was rabies. Sorry? <laughs> mad dog! Mad dog! Yeah, that is a theory, too, and it's caused uh, quite a bit of a stir, at least back in 1996. According to the New York Times, Dr. R. Michael Benitez, then an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Maryland Medical Center, realized after working on Poe's case at a clinical pathologic conference that the culprit had actually been rabies. Actually? Actually? As stated in the article, doctors are presented with a hypothetical patient and a description of the symptoms and are asked to render a diagnosis. It's like a Sherlock Holmes consulting detective thing.
0: It's like a medical wordle. (laughs)
1: Um, Dr. Benitez said at first he did not know that he had been assigned someone famous, Edgar Allan Poe, because his patient was just described only as E.P., a writer from Richmond. Huh.
0: There's a football team named after him.
1: <laughs> by the time that Benitez was scheduled to present his findings, a few weeks later, he had figured out the mystery. He thought that the writer entered Washington College comatose, but by the next day was perspiring heavily, hallucinating and shouting at imaginary companions. Just listing his symptoms. Sure. Uh, the next day, he seemed better, but Reynolds! Reynolds! But he could not remember falling ill. On Poe's fourth day at the hospital, he again grew confused and belligerent, then quieted down and died. That is a classic case of rabies, the doctor said. Further, the article quoted Dr. Henry Wilde, who is said to frequently treat rabies at Chulakorn, Chulalongkorn University Hospital in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, so being the rabies doctor <laughs> must be a hell of a job.
0: Um. Yeah. Um. Do you think monkeys can get rabies? Probably.
1: Probably. Dr. Wilde stated that Poe had all the features of encephalitic rabies.
0: Oh, encephalitic.
1: And he's um an expert.
0: Well, and that would be a swelling. Encephali- en- encephalitis is a swelling of the brain. So I believe so. Yeah. If the papers weren't being polite and he actually just had like a swollen brain. <laughs>
1: maybe i don't even know if dr moran would have known that though and uh to begin with poe had a really big head well yeah (laughs) with that big old forehead so maybe you wouldn't notice if he had a swollen head
0: sure but did they do an autopsy were they cutting bodies open at this point i don't think so Mm. uh within very suspicious death
1: they just thought he was drunk within four days which is the median length of survival after the onset of serious rabies symptoms poe was dead so it fits there are some things that may work against this theory. Uh, those with rabies tend to develop a fear of water, hydrophobia. Mm-hmm. And it was reported that Poe had drank some at the hospital before he died. I don't know. If, are people afraid of water in cups?
0: I think you're afraid. You're, you you have an irrational fear <laughs> of the substance water. Um, but I, I don't... It probably doesn't happen in every single case, right? Yeah. It's uh, such a weird symptom.
1: Well, COVID-19, you lose your taste. What is that about? There was also no reported evidence of an animal bite, which would obviously give more credence to the idea of rabies. However, back in 1996, Poe House Museum curator Jeff Jerome did agree with this diagnosis, saying, quote, this is the first time since Poe died that a medical person looked at Poe's death without any preconceived notions, If he knew it was Edgar Allan Poe, he'd think, oh yeah, drugs, alcohol, and that would influence his decision. Dr. Benitez had no agenda.
0: Drugs, too? Was Poe...
1: People, I mean, opium, people said he was an opium addict and stuff. I didn't find anything suggesting that. He might have tried it or had it sometimes, but not to the degree of just being a complete mess. Maybe... Just maybe Poe died of a brain tumor.
0: Okay, I mean, weird behavior.
1: (laughs) When weird, (laughs) that's weird behavior having a brain tumor. (laughs) That's what I thought.
0: (laughs) No, no, it would help explain the weird behavior.
1: When Poe's remains were moved in Westminster Burying Ground in Baltimore, and for this haunted locations history check out our series on haunted cemeteries of
0: course and we will of course mention Edgar Allan Poe over there as well
1: Mm -hmm. one worker remarked that they could hear and feel a mass rolling around on the inside of Poe's skull Mm. like a little little walnut sure (laughs) Press at the time thought it was just Poe's shriveled up brain but the brain is like the first thing to rot so that's not it
0: oh it's like eyeballs and brain boom
1: Matthew Pearl, an American author who wrote it... it...
0: It doesn't shrink into a hard
1: little crab
0: apple no. and just rattle around no. inside your skull?
1: No. Uh, Matthew Pearl, an American author who wrote a novel about Poe's death, contacted a forensic pathologist who told him that while the clump couldn't be a brain, it could be a brain tumor, which can calcify after death into a hard mass.
0: Yep. There's interesting?
1: There's interesting. There's interesting. <laughs> The Smithsonian article goes on to note, Pearl wasn't the only person to believe Poe suffered from a brain tumor. A New York physician once told Poe that he had a lesion on his brain that caused his adverse reactions to alcohol. I'm unsure how brain lesions affect or are affected by drinking, but I do know from personal experience that they can be an early sign of multiple sclerosis, which can manifest with slurred speech Mental issues like memory loss, fatigue, and confusion. Symptoms, which it seems Poe also suffered from just before his death. But... Well, it seems like an incredibly quick onset of any long-term disease. I don't think MS usually ever presents that way. it, It
0: Within four days and then kills you?
1: Yes, unless there were other occurrences of these symptoms that we don't know about. Brain lesions could also be caused by genetics, other diseases like lupus, chemical or infection exposure, brain trauma, and, yes, brain tumors.
0: Like actual brain cancer.
1: Yeah. One more possibility could be a standard flu. What? Mm-hmm. People died of the flu all the time.
0: Oh, I know. People still die of the flu, but... Um... You know, all the delirious, like, ravings of a oh, madman I
1: once had a terrible flu where I had a very high fever and I was hallucinating and talking to people in my room that weren't there. Well, there you go. <laughs> once you get above, like, 102.
0: Was one of them Edgar Allan Poe?
1: Oh, gosh, I wish.
0: Yeah, he seems like a real fun guy. <laughs>
1: Semptner uh, explained that before he left Richmond, Poe visited a physician, and Sarah Elmira Royster had noted he had a weak pulse and a fever the last night he was in town. She didn't feel that he should travel, and the physician physician told Poe the same. According to newspaper reports from the time, it was raining in Baltimore when Poe was there. The cold and the rain exacerbated the flu he already had, said Sempner, and maybe that eventually led to pneumonia. The high fever might account for his hallucinations and his confusion.
0: I see. Okay, so it seems like we've locked it down then. he Probably some kind of illness.
1: But maybe it wasn't an illness at all. God damn it, Carol! <laughs> Was Poe depressed and committed a kind of suicide. In 1848, soon after Virginia's death, po-
0: hey, I don't think asking a friend to blow your brains out <laughs> constitutes a suicide attempt.
1: <laughs> Poe had nearly died from an overdose of laudanum, which was readily available as a tranquilizer and painkiller. It's unclear if this 1848 incident was a true suicide attempt or just a miscalculation on the amount from Edgar. <laughs>
0: I'm going to guess he wanted to not be sad about the the the, the wife anymore, and uh, he didn't mind which way it went, and he just took mm-hmm. a bunch.
1: In 2020, a psychological analysis of Poe's language by Ryan Boyd, assistant professor in behavioral analytics at Lancaster University, theorized that he was suffering from a major depressive episode near the end of his life and that suicide could not be ruled out. Boyd analyzed all of Poe's available writings with a depression index.
0: Okay.
1: This used uh, language patterns commonly utilized by those who later died by suicide to score any spikes in his depression.
0: So this was measuring from between very depressed (laughs) to extremely depressed?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, And for instance, those who later committed suicide were found in research to consistently use more me words and fewer we words, which points to their social withdrawal. Importantly, these patterns tend to increase drastically as they get closer to suicide. Depressed people also typically use more working through language. These are called uh, cognitive processing words, kind of like um, think, suppose, and understand. So there was a big spike in these near the end of his life.
0: Like when you, uh, I told you recently when I when you hear Mike Tyson speak now, you can hear that he has taken and internalized a lot of therapy, and like the things he says are all like, you know.
1: Yes, you need to understand yourself
0: better because that's when you you're really gonna be be your true who you're supposed to be. Your, your ego. I've getting always
1: in the way. said Edgar Allan Poe is a very Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's a modern
0: day Mike Tyson.
1: <laughs> modern day. <laughs> Boyd wrote, "Quote." Throughout Poe's life, nearly 20 texts scored abnormally high on our Depression Index, half of which were written in 1843, 1845, and 1849, the year of his death. Poe's depression scores were most pronounced in his personal letters, which are often the best reflection of one's authentic self. They're largely absent from his professional writings, though notable exceptions include The Lighthouse, which scored extremely high on our depression index and was still a work in progress at the time of Poe's death. Boyd concluded, although our analyses reveal that Poe was spiraling into a depression at the end of his life, we can't say for sure whether his death was a suicide. Considering his rather high suicide risk from a clinical perspective, paired with our objective analysis of his mental state, it remains a real possibility that he did kill himself. Following our analyses, the suicide hypothesis currently stands as the only cause of death that has any objective evidence behind it. Well, that's
0: a dumb thing to say.
1: How he may have committed suicide stands to reason, but it is a possibility. Well,
0: but how can they say the suicide hypothesis is the only one with objective evidence, and then they don't even suggest how he committed suicide? Like, was this like a drug overdose? I don't think... Are
1: we assuming... I don't think they were proving how, but if. Sure. They were doing it psychologically. It's not their job to figure out who stabbed him, right? It's their job to figure out the motive. Right,
0: but how is there more evidence for that than he was sick? His writing. Sure, but that's a scale that that guy made up.
1: But it's based on real research.
0: It's not objective evidence.
1: I don't know, Sean, take it up with Boyd. All
0: right. I think it's he has the equivalent of, on the other side with the disease hypothesis, it's, we know diseases exist. That's how much <laughs> evidence he has over there.
1: Or most dastardly of all, stop smiling, was Poe murdered.
0: <laughs>
1: That's the flavor du jour of Poe death theories at the moment, as far as I can tell.
0: Well, it's the most fun it's kind the most of theory right true
1: crime podcast uh, as far as i can tell this theory usually breaks one of three ways he was beaten and robbed by street toughs street toughs mm-hmm. he was killed by his new fiance's brothers
0: also street toughs
1: well upper crust toughs or he was a victim of cooping
0: Oh, classic cooping. When are these kids going to stop cooping out there on these streets? Yeah,
1: you may ask what's cooping. I'll get to that in a moment.
0: I know a cooper is a person who makes barrels. So has nothing it to do with a barrel. Putting someone in a barrel. No.
1: In her article, Autobiographic Notes, Edgar Allan Poe, biographer E. Oak Smith, wrote that at the instigation of a woman who considered herself injured by him, he was cruelly beaten, blow upon blow, by a ruffian who knew of no better mode of avenging supposed injuries. It is well known that a brain fever followed. Don't know what evidence she has for this.
0: I was going to say, is, is, there a, is she the first person to say it?
1: Um, well, she was one of the first people, as far as I know, who wrote a biography on him.
0: Oh, this is an old book.
1: Yeah. That's why she said ruffian.
0: <laughs> well, so did you.
1: Well, if I'm me. <laughs> Other accounts also mention uh, ruffians who had horribly beaten Poe before his death. He may have also been robbed, according, uh, which would account for his strange appearance. Maybe he had to find get some, some clothes. other clothes. Yeah. But here's a little weird side story tidbit that I found while researching this angle. Sure. Do you remember uh, that Poe visited a physician the last day he was in Richmond who told him he was too sick to leave town?
0: Yes, the the doctor and his wife both said, don't go.
1: Yes, well, his fiance. Uh, This was Dr. John F. Carter. Of Mars? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The most popular Poe biographies from the early 1900s all agree on one point about this visit— Poe, possibly accidentally, had left his own walking stick at the doctor's office and instead had taken Dr. Carter's cane when he left, which may have still been with him in Baltimore what does that Why? why does this matter I'm, I'm getting it okay Biographer hervey Allen wrote of when Poe was found delirious quote a carriage was sent for and the dying man was carried to the conveyance still grasping dr. Carter's Malacca wood cane that he had brought by mistake from Richmond okay now here's where it becomes relevant. This particular cane, interestingly, seemed to be one of those where you can pull out a sword or a dagger that was sheathed inside of it. Oh my god! Why does the doctor have a sword cane? I don't know, he's pretty serious. Some think that Poe couldn't have been beaten or robbed if he had this cane in his possession. Why would he not fight back with it if he was attacked? Right. The cane also wasn't super fancy, but it was valuable. So why wouldn't a robber steal it if that was their intention?
0: Well, if it didn't look that, val- you know, it's not fancy. It's probably valuable because it has a sword hidden inside of it, right? So if they don't know about the sword, maybe it's just a cane.
1: The first-hand accounts of finding Poe in his delirious state initially don't mention the cane. So while we know that he did take it from carter's office as carter held on to Poe's cane until his death Mm -hmm. it's eventually in a museum um we don't know for certain whether it was with poe in baltimore or left behind at his home in richmond there are no photos available of the carter cane either i looked uh, so i can't compare them and figure out if poe was really mistaking them maybe they looked very similar or was possibly sneakily trading up for a better model (laughs) but that doesn't really feel like his vibe If Poe had the cane with him in Baltimore and was attacked, maybe he didn't know that there was a sword inside he can defend himself with, or he was already confused.
0: Uh, Also, this is the guy who, again, he couldn't hack it as a soldier just stationed on a base. Like, doing push-ups was a real (laughs) big uh, obstacle for for poor Edgar. Not that it wouldn't be for me. But but
1: maybe he couldn't use a cane to fend anyone off.
0: Maybe he couldn't use a sword to fend anyone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A regular sword would have been useless in this man's hands. That's what I think.
1: Either way, it's an interesting little nugget that either could or might not disprove the robbery theory. I know it's useless, but to me it's interesting.
0: Well, what's anything, Carrie? We're all just entertaining ourselves before our own Edgar Allan Poe-style mystery death.
1: (laughs) The next thought, um, it could have just been straight up purposeful murder. In Midnight Dreary, The Mysterious Death of Edgar Allan Poe, Author John Evangelist Walsh, hell of a middle name, mm-hmm, posits that Poe was murdered by Sarah Elmira Royster's brothers. who Ruffians. Did, not, I mean, they were upper class guys. But yeah, they but upper
0: class ruffians. We they can agree. hated
1: Poe. Here is how the Smithsonian presents this theory. Walsh argues that Poe actually made it to Philadelphia, where he was ambushed by Royster's three brothers, who warned Poe against marrying their sister. Frightened by this experience, Poe disguised himself in new clothes, accounting for his secondhand clothing, yep. and hid in Philadelphia for nearly a week before heading back to Richmond to marry Royster. Her brothers intercepted him in Baltimore, he postulates, uh, beat Poe, and forced him to drink whiskey, which they knew would send Poe into a deathly sickness. What?
0: Okay, hold on a second.
1: Again, it was known that one one thing of wine would get him... Drunk. ...messed up.
0: But that's different from that's different from we know if we pour a little whiskey down his throat, he'll die. And also, I mean,
1: maybe Royster knew it, though, and, and the brothers had found it out.
0: But if our theory now is like he died because he got beaten up, why do you tie it back into him drinking whiskey? We don't need whiskey to be involved anymore.
1: <laughs> I guess it's still
0: because only yeah, like, I mean, if, if he only maybe smelled him, like it,
1: I don't know. I don't know. Lastly, Sean, was his death the result of cooping? All right, Uh, finally, we're going to talk about what cooping is. Stuffed in a barrel. Cooping was a form of electoral fraud in the U.S. at the time, where citizens were kidnapped off the street and forced to vote, (laughs) often several times over, for a particular election candidate. It would be purposeful to try and pull the election in one way or the other.
0: Of course. Uh, How do they know once you're up there, how do they know which way you're going to vote?
1: No, they're forcing you to vote for their guy.
0: Yeah, I know. How do they know? They're sending you into a ballot box, right?
1: I don't know. Maybe the the judge was involved. Again, one of the judges was named Reynolds.
0: Reynolds. Reynolds.
1: Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah. This was able to happen because no one had driver's licenses or state IDs or anything like that at the time.
0: Right. And this was named after Bradley Cooper?
1: I don't know, Sean. Actually, I do know. Um, Cooping was named after how they would hold their victims in a room, which was referred to as a coop. Oh, okay. Cooping was also rampant in contemporary Baltimore. So this was something that was always going on. Okay. Okay.
0: Crooked, crooked local politics. Mm
1: -hmm. According to several of Poe's biographers, so-called cooping gangs or election gangs working for a political candidate would hold random victims in a room, the coop, Mm -hmm. and ply them with alcohol to get them to comply or face beatings if they didn't. Often the victim's clothing would be changed maybe even multiple times to full voting officials. Oh, because so they're sending they them back vote. like four times. Mm-hmm. They would also be given disguises sometimes like wigs, fake Little beards, groucho, uh, mustaches. No, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly this theory caught fire because of a few interesting details in Poe's death.
0: This is the funniest thing. I've, election fraud is deadly serious. <laughs> and it's something we've talked a lot about in the last few years in this country. Um... Separately, though, this is hilarious.
1: It's very interesting because Poe was in strange, shabby clothing. He was confused, possibly suffering from alcohol poisoning. And most interestingly, he was discovered at Baltimore's Ryan's Tavern on Election Day. It was Election Day that day.
0: Oh, yeah. That's an important part of this puzzle.
1: And this was a known place where Coopers brought their victims. Where they they cooped them hmm because it was a polling place. At the pub? Yeah. Oh, we need to get back to these times. <laughs> Poe could have been plied with alcohol by a cooping gang, but there was another possibility, and I think you would also find this very fun, Sean. At the time, a drink was usually given to voters to celebrate having cast their vote.
0: That is fun. Why can't we get <laughs> back to these times? Well, well, now we vote from home, so I can have a drink.
1: <laughs> the polling place was at a bar, after all probably encourage people to vote if poe had been forced to go to polling place after polling place and keep on voting he may have also been forced to have multiple celebration drinks which could have made him sick due to his predisposition
0: and he probably wouldn't have wanted to drink them or maybe he did maybe he was an alcoholic um but he, even if he didn't want to probably the turning, Coopers
1: turning it down would have looked weird well, and
0: the, the coopers are going to want you to keep drinking
1: mm-hmm Around the late eighteen seventies, Poe's biographer J. H. Ingram received several letters that attributed Poe's death to a cooping scheme. A letter from William Hand Brown, a member of the faculty at Johns Hopkins, explains that, quote, The general belief here is that Poe was seized by one of these gangs, his happening his death happening just at election time, an election for sheriff took place on October fourth. He was cooped, stupefied with liquor dragged out and voted, and then turned adrift to die.
0: For not even a mayoral election. This was a sheriff election.
1: This theory has gained a ton of traction in recent years. You may argue, why would you choose someone famous as a cooping victim, which depends on changing identities? Well... Dear listener, I entreat you to remember that Poe wasn't famous in that way. He was known for the raven, but probably as a name on a page. Who really knew what he looked like? I think there are literally two contemporary photos of him in existence. He was a known entity in Baltimore, but not to everyone. Mm -hmm. Unless you were already familiar with him, one might just think that he was some droopy-eyed dope right for the coupon.
0: And technically,
1: he was. (laughs) He could have even been cooped, stay with me, but died from rabies, from rat bites sustained from days of being held captive in a cooping gang's coop.
0: They would hold him for that long?
1: hmm As long as the <laughs> election was going on, I guess. Why are there so many rats?
0: <laughs> it was. They were bad places to be. Again, when they try to bring all their theories together like this, it's like, well, the cooping thing has already given me everything I need. We no longer <laughs>
1: need to work rabies in. It's ju- I just wanted to include it because it's kind of fun. Sure. The cooping checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. So what do you think led to the death of Edgar Allan Poe? Was it alcohol? Was he sick? Was he suicidal? Was he attacked? Was he cooped? Or like with the rabies cooping, some combination of a couple or all of these? Well, the cooping
0: is a combination of a couple because it... I think that cooping theory presupposes that he died from drinking too much alcohol because his poor little body couldn't take very much alcohol, right? Possibly. And so this is a combination. It is cooping, which is also an attack, and he was sick, and he had alcohol poisoning.
1: It's definitely interesting. Just imagine, like, oh, shit, that guy we cooped was Edgar Allan Poe when he died, you know? Who? I don't read bloody poetry. (laughs) They weren't English. Um... It's just a, a crazy happenstance, but one that did happen all the time at the time. So well, the maybe fact that he was, was just super unlucky. And we know that in life he was super unlucky.
0: The fact that it was election day is incredible. Um, the different clothes makes it so that. To me, if somebody was going to rob him and literally steal his clothing, um, they probably just kill him and throw him in a, a river at that point. I don't think. I
1: don't think all people who were cooped were murdered. Oh no, I
0: know. I I mean, if somebody was just robbing him and taking, like, if if we're just going with that, if it was just a robbery, yeah. I don't think you leave the guy naked. I think you probably just don't. They just kill him at that point, or you know, that doesn't get me to Edgar Allan Poe wearing a weird velvet coat. Um, (laughs) The cooping scheme gets us that. Yes. Um, Other than that, he would have to have died of of either alcohol poisoning or some illness, and the illness would also have had to make him crazy or delirious because he was acting so weird. So that which could be could have been a brain tumor syphilis, yeah. yeah. So those work for me. Um the binge the drinking binge I guess works, but it's all there's so much hearsay in two different directions about Poe's relationship with alcohol. Yeah. It's like, well, which was it? When all oh, and I kind of lean towards you know, he he probably was a one drink uh uh boy. <laughs>
1: Much better, yes.
0: In the modern parlance of our times. Uh, he was probably, a one-drink boy. He was probably a one-drink boy. And um, that might have made it seem to, even if he didn't drink very much as a rule, that might have made it seem to other people like he had a tendency to lose control. Because when he actually went ahead and had one beer, he was like hanging from a chandelier.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Small guy, too. He could hang from a chandelier. <laughs> um. So I would lean towards the cooping, I think. I, I don't think... And, and again, if he was going to drink himself to death, you would think right after his wife died and not right before he got married again would be the time to drink yourself to death. Um,
1: Maybe it took a while.
0: Part of me feels like the cooping... But again,
1: he was... Yeah, I don't know.
0: Part of me feels like the cooping is too neat. Interesting. It it It's like someone... I don't know, when you come up with a story that like so neatly fills... If you're like, but you didn't know this happened, it it literally checks every box. It
1: absolutely feels like a mystery novel, kind of. Yes, like too perfect. It's like, oh, what a twist. Yeah, but... But, I mean, life can be like that sometimes. Look at Poe's own writing, I guess. we,
0: We don't know how Edgar Allan Poe died. But when you laid out his death, you laid out a number of strange, suspicious, unexpected circumstances, and only one theory that you've mentioned, I think fills all of those holes nicely and it's uh it's the cooping it's the voter fraud angle
1: so to conclude here edgar Allan poe was buried on monday october 8th 1949 19, 1849 just a few people attended and the ceremony only lasted a couple of minutes his coffin was cheap lacking handles a nameplate cloth lining or a cushion for his head He was buried in an unmarked grave. He had died as he lived with the love of a few, the admiration of some, but with a talent long overlooked and even unknown Mm. piece of shit. Rufus Wilmot (laughs) Griswold wrote his New York Tribune obituary, which alternated between praising the dead author's abilities, alternated between praising the dead author's abilities and eloquence and damning his temperament and ambition. In the obit, which was reprinted many times, Griswold asserted that few will be grieved by Poe's death, as he had few friends. Yeah, and he claimed that Poe often wandered the streets either in madness or melancholy, mumbling and cursing to himself, was easily irritated, envious of others, and that he regarded society as composed of villains.
0: Um, those. that's mean and not what you should write in a biography. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like it's untrue, necessarily, strictly. Well,
1: the thing is, Sean, your perception of Poe might be heavily influenced by this obituary. Interesting, And I'm about to tell you why. Griswold had once been friendly with Poe, but they competed for editing jobs and even the affections of a woman, a poet named Francis Sargent Osgood. Much of Griswold's characterization in the obituary was lifted almost verbatim from a Victorian novel. (laughs) Which one? Eh, Some shit, you know. Griswold also claimed... Something
0: by a Bronte of some kind.
1: No, not not even a name brand, you know. Griswold also claimed that Poe had asked him to be his literary executor, which he absolutely wouldn't have, (laughs) and in 1850, presented a collection of Poe's work that included a biographical article entitled Memoir of the Author, in which Poe was depicted as a depraved, drunk, drug-addled madman, and this was denounced by many who knew Poe as just complete falsehood.
0: Oh, so he just, he literally is inventing poems that Poe supposedly wrote. They're just like, I'm drunk all the time and I like to drink the wine.
1: It's a biographical article, but it's printed as fact. Unfortunately, this was the only full biography available of Poe at the time and was widely printed. And Griswold's characterization of Poe wasn't fully disproved until 1941. Though many still have that same preconceived notion of Poe spread by Griswold because he was the first.
0: This is almost a century after his death.
1: Yeah. A couple months after writing the obituary, Griswold wrote in a letter to Sarah Helen Whitman, quote, I was not his friend, nor was he mine. So a great guy to write up an obituary and take over his estate. You yeah, well, fucking hate Rufus Griswold. How did any of that, how was that allowed to happen? Because he did get the rights to become literary executor, because Poe's only next of kin were his aunt and his sister, who was um, called, quote, simple, you know, and neither of them had as much power as a man would in legal terms.
0: Even if he thought he was a failure and that nobody liked his work, Poe probably valued his work, right?
1: Poe valued his own work, yeah.
0: He wouldn't have... uh, Obviously, he wouldn't have named this guy his literary executor, but...
1: No, I think he named his aunt.
0: But he also would have put this stuff in order if he was
1: planning on killing himself, right? You would hope, but sometimes people don't. Um, You know, there's there's kind of a a double-sided coin here. Um, He created this image of Poe, of like a muttering madman, uh, which wasn't true. Uh, until the very end days of his life which could have been brought on by a number of reasons but it also kind of made him famous in that people would be reading these thing, these stories and poems of pose which were very dark usually kind of titillated that a, an evil crazy man had written them so it helped kind of spread his legend but it was an incorrect legend Unlike some asshole named Rufus, (laughs) Edgar Allan Poe has been elevated to heights I don't think he ever would have dreamed of in his life. This was a man with clear demons, with a creative penchant for folly, who dealt with an incredible amount of trauma, sadness, and tragedy on top of his frustrated attempts to become known for what he truly loved, writing. Yet eventually, though his persona wasn't presented factually until recently, his writing did achieve the kind of glory few have ever attained, and will ever attain. He has become a legend, and I think he, more than anyone else, would have been stunned by this turn of events. I doubt he would have ever imagined that there would be museums in his old homes, that the Edgar Award would be named after him, or a uh, football team, (laughs) and that... Somewhere in Connecticut, some 20-something with a penchant for the morbid, would grow up with his work and eventually name her beloved dog after him. Eventually, Poe was reburied at Westminster Burying Ground under a beautiful monument near the front of the church in 1875. The remains of his wife, Virginia, were saved from obscurity, and her and her mother, Maria Clem, would be interred beside him. At the reburial, A poem contributed for the occasion by Alfred Lord Tennyson was read. Fate that once denied him, and envy that once decried him, and malice that belied him, now cenotaph his fame. Poe even received a proper funeral in 2009, the 200th anniversary of his birth. While less than 10 people attended his borderline pauper's funeral in 1849, the two services, in 2009 held more than 350 people each, the maximum the adjoining church could hold. Actors portraying famous poets and Poe's contemporaries also attended, delivering eulogies adapted from their works about Poe. So, however he left this world, I hope he's looking down from wherever he is and knows what a difference he made in it and will continue to make for centuries to come.
0: And there's also the Poe toaster.
1: Well, that's going to be a Patreon mini-sode.
0: Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Uh, Poe's l- memory is kept alive, dear listener. Uh, and you can hear the lovely story of one of those keeping it alive in this week's minisode. In one of this week's mini-sodes. In an
1: upcoming mini In an
0: upcoming mini-sode.
1: mini-sode. <laughs> R.I.P. Poe.
0: Yeah. Uh, great story. It's sad. Yeah. Makes me want to go read a bunch of Poe. Absolutely. You are going to read some on the Discord? Uh, Are you going to read some on the Patreon?
1: I might read some after the break. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. that we're all taken care
0: of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually.
1: To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. No news this week, friends. Instead, I will leave you with my favorite poem, this time unabridged by the man himself, Annabel Lee. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason, long ago, in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me, to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out on the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabel Lee? For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee, and the stars never rise but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabel Lee, and so all the night tide I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulchre, in her sepulchre. <laughs> In her sepulcher there by the sea, In her tomb by the sounding sea. That's it for this episode of Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ain't It Scary, and check out our website at ain'titscary.com. You can support the show by supporting our sponsors, and becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash scary. And please subscribe to the show and throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be forever grateful. Don't forget to screenshot your five-star reviews and share with us on social media for your chance to win a gift straight from us.
0: That's right. Um, sorry about all that. If, if there's been any... If there's been any hiccups with your feed, uh, we changed hosts, and I think we're about to change hosts again. More (laughs) announcements on that next week. Um, But for now, I just want to say, come and join us on Patreon, where Caroline is going to be reading some Poe, and I'm going to be reading some Lovecraft soon. Um, So that's exciting. Um, Again, (laughs) copyright-free work that you can uh, hear us enjoying uh, over there. Special thanks to those already joining us in the top couple of tiers of that Patreon. Nate Curtis, Sean O'Donnell, Jared Chamberlain, Maria Ferrante, Robin McCabe Comfy Mike Alex Nakutis Ryan Regan and Christy Atchison
1: See you next Thursday
0: Show created by Sean and Carrie McCabe Music by Kyle Ryan You can find Kyle at his YouTube channel Music is a Verb
1: This has been a production of Longboy Media